0: Well, thank you and good morning. I would say after that story for all ages, the only thing I can say is, go now in peace. The service is over. <laughs> That's great. But I think Archie might be upset if, if I stop there. Life has been a bit uh, rushed and chaotic these past few months, and so I think it's time for a dose of Archie and Mahitable. Now, some of the people here are old fans of Archie and Mehitable, but if you have not heard me talk about them, or if you're not aware of them from some other source, let me introduce you. Archie used to be a free verse poet, but after he died, his soul transmigrated into the body of a cockroach. Mehitable was an alley cat who claims she once was Cleopatra. Don Marquis, and that is the way he pronounced his name, Marquis, not Marquis. Don Marquis was a New York humorist and newspaper columnist during the early decades of the 20th century. He created Archie and Mehitable in 1916, 100 years ago this past March. For about 20 years, Marquis published what he said were Archie's poems, which Archie supposedly created by hurling himself against the keys of Marquis's typewriter that he kept in his newspaper office, letter after letter after letter. So small wonder that when you look at the poems on the page, they lack punctuation, they lack capital letters. Too many extra keystrokes, obviously. Archie said that expression was the need of his soul, And so, to help Marquis fill out his newspaper columns, Archie produced a a steady stream of poems about himself, about Mehitable, and about their fellow inhabitants of Shinbone Alley in New York, where they lived. Marquis used Archie's poems to comment on the issues of the day and about the foibles of the human race. These pieces were supposedly about fireflies and toads and cockroaches and spiders and alley cats, but in reality they were about people, they were about us. Archie's voice was sometimes caustic and sardonic, sometimes gentle, but on the whole they were clear-eyed and insightful. And many of his poems were motivated by a desire not simply to mock the follies of humankind, although there were those, but also to apply a liberal dose of charity, in the original sense of the term, to his consideration of the human condition. Marquis once said this, The humorist is a philosopher who breaks the sad news gently because he is so sorry for the world. By the way, in addition to his Archie and Mehitable poems, Marquis also wrote a great deal of what what he considered to be serious verse. Now, most of that is forgotten now, and I have to say, deservedly so. (laughs) But some of his serious poetry has survived to the present day in the pages of our gray hymnal. He wrote the words to number 337, Have I Not Known. That's the song we're going to sing as our closing song this morning. He also wrote the words to number 304, and I think it's ironic, in an irony that I'm pretty sure Marquis would have appreciated, that though he was never much of a churchgoer during his lifetime, he now attends church every Sunday, (laughs) thanks to the publishing arm of the Unitarian Universalist (laughs) Association. Marquis died in 1937, and for a year or so prior to that, because of a couple of strokes, he really couldn't write very much. For eight decades, the voice of Archie was silenced. But not long ago, I decided that we need him now in these troubled times. And so I resurrected him and Mahitable for the 21st century. Decades ago, Archie addressed Marquis as boss, and that's now how... He refers to me. I couldn't resist calling the sermon, Poor Archie's Almanac, in homage to Benjamin Franklin who published Poor Richard's Almanac for many years. Almanacs are intended to provide their audiences with things like useful astronomical information and weather predictions and that kind of thing to help out farmers and sailors and others who need to plan out their activities. The added benefits of poor Richard's almanac and the source of uh, his great popularity were Richard's sayings, his wise and often sardonic sayings. Now, most of us know early to bed, early to rise. We know haste makes waste. But in other lesser known sayings of poor Richard, you you can hear how he and Archie are really kindred spirits from Poor Richard. Many have quarreled about religion that never practiced it. (laughs) He that best understands the world least likes it. And compare that last one to Marquis's Archie, who said, an optimist is a guy that never had much experience. Archie's now back home in Shinbone Alley. He spent some time on the campaign trail blogging about the primary elections for insectlife.com and now that he's home he's glad to have had the chance to write a few pieces that have absolutely nothing to do with the elections and these form Poor Archie's Almanac. Now one of the things that almanacs do is help people keep track of important dates Here's a piece in which Archie takes somebody to task for not having paid close enough attention to a certain anniversary. And by the way, all the titles of these uh, pieces, when Marquis was writing them, he gave the titles. Archie didn't, and now I give these pieces their titles. Archie does not. (laughs) This one is called Archie is Not Angry. Boss, first of all, I want you to know I am not angry. Even though I took a poll of the other residents of Shinbone Alley, and they all said they would be angry, and even though Mehitable herself said that not only was she angry, but she was downright flaming mad as hell, (laughs) and even though she told me to tell you that, I am not angry. I am not angry, even though you failed to send a gift or a card, or even a stupid crummy email that would show up in my inbox, along with pleas for donations to worthy causes and promises of hot picks and discreet hookups. (laughs) I am not angry, even though you forgot the 100th anniversary of our first appearance in print on the 29th day of March 1916 in the New York Evening Sun. And even though any reasonably intelligent 10-year-old would know what significance the 29th day of March 2016 would have for me, I am not angry. (laughs) And even though my first boss always remembered dates of importance and made sure everyone else remembered them too, I am not angry. And even though I have mourned his death for close to 80 years, in a way I do not think I will mourn your death when it comes. (laughs) I am still not angry. But what I am feeling now will do till anger comes along. (laughs) And I eagerly await some recompense for your egregious violation of the way things should be in an ideal universe. Not yet angrily yours. Archie. Now after I got that I did uh, make it up to him. I tried to. (coughs) Year's supply of old pizza crust should work. The next two pieces involve debates that Archie had with others. Now I'll leave it to you to decide whether you think he won or tied or lost these uh, debates, but here's the first one. Archie and Mehitable debate the purpose of poetry. Boss, I have been undone by critics. Well, one critic in particular, Mehitable by name. You remember my poem about the midnight anguish of the lonely heart? She did not like it. She said, why do you try to bring everybody down? Poems should be songs, sung to whatever tune gets you dancing in the moonlight, sharing your wild side with whoever happens by. I don't look at it that way, I told her. All the best poems are sad. If a poem doesn't make the poet suffer in the writing of it or miserable in the reading of it later, well, then what's the point? She said, what are you, some kind of misogynist? Masochist, I said. The word is masochist, not the same. She said, oh, Archie, I don't care how you spell it. Just answer the question. I'm not a masochist, I said. I don't want to get pleasure from pain. I want my pain straight, no chaser. (laughs) She said, oh, fooey," And I mean fooey with a capital foo. Why even bother talking to you? You'll just keep slamming yourself against the keyboard, writing the same old stuff, letter after letter after depressing letter, and it doesn't even rhyme. You make at least one previously upbeat alley cat want to jump down the nearest well. <laughs> Mehitable, I said, what do you expect? Mass shootings, racist violence, weird, randomly mutating viruses, polar bears stranded on ever shrinking ice flows, not to mention online trolls who want to relitigate the O.J. Simpson case. <laughs> and then, almost before you know it, Death snuffs out all your memories and dreams, unless, of course, you are reborn as a cockroach, and that has its own problems. (laughs) I asked her, who can look at the world today without a feeling of overwhelming dread? Well, nobody can while you're around, Mehitable said. (laughs) Okay, so the world's a dump. You think you're the first poet to figure that out? Why this constant need to remind us? Seems to me, the lousier the world is, the more we should find something to have fun with as long as there's air we're allowed to breathe. She said, don't drop a bucket of despair on your readers' heads. Give them reasons to be glad their hearts are still beating. I said, so you agree with me about the the sorry state of our existence? She said, no. The only thing I agree with is that you are a pompous killjoy. And with that, she pranced off. I later saw her in the company of a Jamaican street band. They were playing some reggae meets cumbia number. The guy doing the lead vocal wasn't bad, but I couldn't understand a word he was singing. I don't think Mehitable cared about the words, not even if they rhymed. I guess if I ever want a good review from Mehitable, I need to figure out How to write a tragedy with a happy ending. (laughs) Archie. Now, here's the uh, second debate. I call this the free will of Archie the Cockroach. Just the other day, I was complaining to my friend Merton the Mole about my dreary existence. I bewailed my fate in having been reincarnated as a cockroach not once. Not twice, but 99 times in a row. It's this darn karma, I said. I must have been a rotten human being to have been cast into the body of a cockroach in the first place and then not to have landed any better part after all those auditions. If only I'd been better, more moral, more caring, more something... Now I'd be a koala happily chewing eucalyptus leaves, or a dolphin dancing in the waters off the Kona coast. Oh, don't beat yourself up over it, Archie, Merton said. There's nothing you could have done to change your fate. I said, well, there's nothing I can do now to change what's already done. What's past is past, as the old the old tautology goes. No, no, Merton said, it's not only that you can't change the past, you can't even change the present. Nobody can. Merton said, I said, Merton, I'm not quite following you. Like anyone, I've got free will. I could have been a saint in my prior lives and still can now if I want to. Listen, Archie, Merton said, Free will is an illusion. We have no mind or spirit apart from the brain, a mere physical object, which creates things we call intentions and plans, but only in response to stimuli bounced through, through the structure of the brain. We talk ourselves into believing we have control over our thoughts because we're hardwired to want control. Look, Merton, I said, you spend altogether too much time alone in your seven-story molehill, thinking big thoughts, which now are bouncing through the structure of your brain at a rate that is truly alarming. I said, people who argue against free will never act like they don't believe in it. <laughs> they weigh the pros and cons, they ask for advice, they act on choices, it seems to me that if you think you have free will and you act as if you have free will and things happen in response to what you've chosen, well then, what's the difference between that and actually having free will? The difference, Merton said, is who's in charge? You or your brain? And I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, but it isn't you. (laughs) Just then I picked up a nearby rock and I threw it hard at Merton's left eye. It's amazing how strong cockroaches can be when they want to prove a philosophical point. Ow, he said, what was that for? I have lousy enough vision as it is, and now you've made it worse. I said, I'm sorry, Merty. I know you think you're in pain, and you feel like you're in pain, and you're rubbing your eye with your paw like you're in pain, but in the same way that I don't have any free will, you aren't feeling any pain. It's a question of who's feeling anything, you or your brain, and I hate to break it to you, but it isn't you. (laughs) Boss, I'm sure you are disappointed in me for my choice to act out of violence, but sometimes noble principles must give way to the need for demonstrative evidence during a metaphysical debate. Though I don't think Merton would agree, His eye is still bloodshot. (laughs) Archie. Finally, it has not escaped Archie's attention that today is Mother's Day. And here is what he wrote about it. This is called, Archie Sends His Mother a Mother's Day Card. Mom, I don't know what address to send this to. The old place on Berendo uh, Street where we lived when we were all still human together was torn down the year John Wayne last rode the mythic range and besides the heart attack made sure you wouldn't be there anyway this roulette wheel of rebirth has at least one major defect when they give you a new body for your soul to transmigrate into they don't give you a directory to tell you where your friends and family ended up. It would be nice to find out that Aunt Jenny is a ring-tailed lemur in a zoo in Poughkeepsie, and that Uncle Hank is a Gila monster just outside Oracle, Arizona, and that gentle cousin Serafina was allowed to bypass the spin of the wheel and was given immediate VIP entry into paradise where now she sends angelic messages to mystics as they dream. Without a directory, finding the ones you want to find is hit or miss, but mostly miss. Although I did run into our old friend Gene B. You remember Jean from upstairs, who never let his lack of musical talent keep him away from his guitar. He's gone through some rough times since he died, Way too many tours as a dung beetle. (laughs) But now, now on the upswing as a corgi, (laughs) hoping to come back next time as an elephant, a noble beast, he says, underappreciated by the human race. Mom, today I keenly feel the absence of a directory. Maybe you're an elephant now or a great horned owl with a 50-inch wingspan. Nothing like a rat or a toad. Nothing like what your youngest son turned out to be. I think if I were in charge of afterlife planning, I'd let you live with Cousin Serafina just inside St. Peter's Gate. Think of what fun you'd have, writing features for the Archangel Gazette, holding court every afternoon at the Heavenly Host Coffee Company, keeping the enthralled cherubim hanging on your every word about the old days at the Daily News, when real reporters typed with two fingers on honest-to-God upright manual typewriters, and when the city editor kept us a bottle of single malt handy for use when needed all before journalism was ruined by advanced technology and needless sobriety. (laughs) Mom, I wouldn't mind hearing those stories again myself, if that could be arranged. I'm going to send this card to the boss. Perhaps he can enlist some help in getting it to you. Maybe the Dalai Lama knows something. Maybe the Pope has the inside story. Maybe the Parliament of the world's religions can reconvene in special session and tell me where you are and wherever this card might find you. May your Mother's Day this year be a better one than any you ever had on Berendo Street. Mama from your youngest, much love, even to the end of the age, Archie. And to all who are mothers or have ever had a mother, happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Now let there be an offering.